Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. gentlemen boys and girls from around the world welcome to this very special edition one year anniversary special of the champions of mind podcast yes it is exactly one year ago today if you're listening to this in real time this is friday the first of june 2018 and on the first of june 2017 we launched a little podcast called champions of mind and what has happened in the year since could not have possibly been predicted well, maybe Reese thought it would happen, but nobody else did. It has been an incredible year since the launch of this podcast. We have got hundreds of thousands of listeners. We get tens of thousands of downloads every single month. We're in now 430 cities, over 85 countries around the world, world, world. Off the back of the first ever episode, the Champions of Mind podcast went straight into the iTunes top 10. We shared it with Tim Ferriss and Gary V. We then got invited to go and speak over at South Africa in front of hundreds of people at one of Johannesburg's biggest and most prestigious event venues. Off the back of that, we then got asked to go and give keynote talks around the UK. We became some of the most in-demand personal development public speakers in the country. We travelled tens of thousands of miles. We went to hundreds of events. We spoke to thousands and thousands of people. We launched two six-figure businesses and we then decided that actually, do you know what? We don't want to be going to other people's events. We're going to solely focus on our own events or big Big events with big players. And as soon as we did that, it is a bit of squeaky bum time, I'll be brutally honest. You know, why would you turn the taps off a six-figure business? And then, at the beginning of this year, after that decision, shortly after that decision was made, in fact, Les Brown came knocking and we went and delivered absolute firepower to a thousand people in London and that was maybe a little bit of a catalyst and a springboard to the next stage and the next evolution of Champions of Mind. We've launched the Champions of Mind Bootcamp. We've got social media confidence workshop coming up. We've launched podcast training days, six-figure sit-down, all of which all of our events have been selling out, which has been incredible. We've just announced Champions of Mind Mindset Bootcamp number three solely for business owners and CEOs. That is selling like hotcakes as well. What a fantastic year. Oh, yeah. And how could I forget the international excitement continues. Grant Cardone came knocking and we delivered absolute firepower a couple of weeks ago on a podcast with him as well. So the world's biggest influencers are now watching what Champions of Mind are up to as well. Not only that, you might have heard us talk about this on the show previously, the Shredders platform on Facebook. We've gone from zero to 20,000 people in this little accountability group. There's people changing their lives every single day. And what an incredible honour it is to be the curators, the starters, the founders of that group as well. So in summary, South Africa, Keynote Talks, iTunes Talks, 
top 10. Grant Cardone, Les Brown, two six-figure businesses, sell-out events. Not bad for 12 months for something that just started as a little podcast. If you have been here since day one, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. None of this stuff would have been happening if it wasn't for the excitement generated around the Champions of Mind podcast. A lot of what we do stems from the Champions of Mind podcast. So thank you one and all for listening. Thank you for rating. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for taking the time to listen to our content every single week. We love you all dearly. Thanks for being here. Now, as a special edition anniversary special episode of the Champions of Mind podcast, let's take you right the way back to the very beginning. This is episode 80-odd. But we're taking you back to episode 001. What holds you back? Welcome to the Champions of Mind podcast. Weekly content to help you take your mindset, business, health and wealth to the next level. Starring the UK's two most in-demand action-taking coaches, Llewellyn and Rhys Davies, with host James Burt. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're listening around the world. And welcome to episode 001 of Champions of My Podcast, an event for your ears. I'm super excited. You might be able to tell I'm super excited. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's me, James Burt, host, compare and spiritual guide along this journey of mindset and motivation. And today in the studio, I've got two hench sexy dudes. I've only <laughs> said that because you just flexed your muscle at me. Please never do that again. It's Llewellyn Davis and Reese Davis are on the show, Hello. everybody. Hello. This is episode 001 of the Champions of Mind podcast. Every single week, our promise to you is to deliver one hour of exceptional, action-taking, tangible content that you guys can take away and implement into your life. Now, if you're wondering who these two are, they are the two most in-demand coaches in the country. If you're a seven-figure business owner, you need these lot to turn you into an eight-figure business owner. If you're fat, you need these two to turn you to someone who is fit. If you've got a failing business, they can turn it around. They were once rubbish at football, then turned pro. They went to amateur boxing, professional boxing, bodybuilding, business coaching, business mentoring they're the most in-demand coaches in the country for a very good reason every week you get 60 minutes of free coaching which would normally cost you a flipping load of money and today on the show we are talking about what holds you back that's right this is not going to be all oh airy fairy mindset and motivation come on guys let's feel great about we're going to deliver some home truths today some of this stuff i'll be brutally honest you might not like the sound of but we're going to tell you it as it is and these guys are out there doing it making it happen live right now and not only they're making their lives better their clients are getting exceptional results so these are tangible actionable usable skills that you can transfer to any area of your life uh boys first and foremost you see patterns within the clients that you work with every single day what is the number one thing that holds people back? Self-belief. Okay, interesting. It's very, very interesting because some people can achieve, you know, a certain level of success and because of their current situation, their environment or circumstances, they can stop believing in themselves and they forget of all the greatness that they've achieved. They forget about any win that they've achieved and instead of focusing on energy and how they can come back, you know, they focus 110% on their problem on why they are where they are and how they're not going to overcome it. So these are people that have already had a level of success. They're not even going after it for the first time. They've reached it and then they've forgotten how they got there? No, there's two types, isn't there? There's the people that want to become successful. Right. That can be conditioned by their past or their current situation and circumstances. And they don't think success is accessible. You know, their environment could could be conditioning their mindset and how they're moving forward. And then the second type of person is, you know, the person that is successful... And they genuinely don't believe that they are. 
You know, I'll, do you see that a lot then? Let me tell you something, Mr. Burr. I'm working with someone that has 64 properties and he does not think he's successful. He cannot talk. 64 properties? 64 properties. He what? cannot talk at a networking event. Really? He cannot introduce his name for, for, for five seconds because he believes he's not worthy as being labelled successful. I have wow. another. I have another person who has 40 properties and she was too scared to look at her portfolio because she don't see herself successful. And she thought, and she told me she had 30. So she forgot she had 10 houses. She forgot she had an extra <laughs> 10 houses. And isn't this interesting how belief mm. and how your self-perception can actually change how you conduct yourself socially, therefore decreasing the value that you're actually putting into the marketplace? It it's basically boils down to experience and previous experience. Yeah. People don't just wake up with um, a low belief system so every single person listening to this podcast has been through something that could have had the ability to impact their belief system. So way before saying what Reese said, it's an experience that causes people to believe that they can't go to that next level. That's what holds them back. So no, it's not the experience. It's how they perceive the experience. You know, me and my brother achieve it's... a certain level of success through the, the, the general consensus that I believe adversity and hardship is a catalyst for our success. Right. But I think in coaching people to move them forward, if they can frame hardship and adversity as catalysts or springboards to that next level, they're going to actually open their arms up to adversity and start embracing stuff and stops holding back and being champion blamers. So this is what I think is going to be really interesting. So for everybody listening at home, uh, yes, these two are identical twins. Yes, they do basically the same thing for a living. Yes, they've been on a very similar journey within the successes that they've had, but these two have got completely, completely different, uh, I guess, mindsets in a way. That's yeah. nice. Perspectives and, are so but, different. And this is what's going to be really interesting because we promised ourselves when we came to start doing this show that we would not hold back. So if you two disagree with each other, like we're going to hear about it. And I think that's really interesting because we're not gonna just going to have one person's perspective of how you create success. It's actually going to be two guys who are doing very similar things but have a completely different outlook on how that happens. So that's, uh, if you hear a fight kicking off, that's absolutely fine, folks. That's fine. Louis won again. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm, here being, we... I'm being quiet. <laughs> here we go. Uh, Louis D, do you agree that it's self-belief that holds most people back then? Yeah, I believe it's self-belief. Uh, I think 95% of people, you know, as you know, 80% um, of the conversation that we have with ourselves is of a negative nature. Yeah. So self-belief does play an absolute huge part in the reason that people believe they can't go to that next level. Yeah. And I second what I said previously, down to a previous experience. If we can ch like change and reframe how they view what's happened, they then position themselves to take themselves to that next level. Can it actually be one experience then? Can one negative experience completely change your outlook and your self-belief? Yes, I'll tell you why now. Because that experience becomes a story. You keep affirming that story and that story gotcha. becomes a story within a story. And before you know it, what was just a thought or a perception now becomes a belief. You start to feel towards it. Gotcha. So if you've ever experienced like being angry, like then you take on the role of I'm an angry person. So it almost becomes an identity statement at its most basic level. Simple as that. When yeah. If, for example, you felt angry for 30 seconds, you could have chose to just leave it there. Yeah. But people don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And I find today, um, talking about society, when you may be moving forward, people actually enjoy celebrating your losses or negativity. And if you're struggling or finding hardship, people will ask you more and more questions as to why you are in your current position rather than giving you solutions. Why do, why do we do that? Society, 
Jeremy Kyle, all these things that promote negativity, it's almost like a fashion. So rather than looking for solutions and helping people moving forward, people would just like to see you stay still. Do you guys get that quite a lot? Because obviously you're out there, you're quite dominating, you're quite vocal about what you think is right. Do you get a lot of people who kind of, uh, I guess, want to see you fall Um, almost? At the very beginning, when me and Reese first started our brand, you know, we were very aware, our self-awareness is big, we were very aware that if you're going to publicly say what it is you believe, everyone has contrasting views. I was completely open to people not believing or wanting to listen to what I wanted to say. However, this is the difference. I was prepared to say it for long enough to get people on board. Yeah. You've got a message. Everyone's got a message. Only the brave and the courageous will speak about it for a long term until people actually take on board what it is you say. But yeah, we got hate. I got stalked for nine years. I have people ridicule what I'd said. What, like physically stalked you? Yeah, physically stalked, yeah. They'll really? turn, yeah, they'll turn up at my house and they'll send me a mail. <laughs> not physically, is it? They stood, <laughs> He's yeah. enough, he's enough over here. Yeah, stalked. Wow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what they used to message me? I can only imagine. Are you Reese? <laughs> <laughs> no, Reese is bigger. Yeah. Oh, God. Here we go. You're going to get a lot of like size banter, everybody, yeah. as well, just so you know. Um, why is it that... Because uh, one of the things that I think really holds people back, as well as the self-belief, and as well as it potentially being an experience that creates that situation, is procrastination. Why, why are people so... Do you see this a lot with clients? Procrastination is the killer of all dreams. Right. Now, okay, anyone listening to this, please understand, personal development isn't fashionable. So what a lot of people do, and I'll call people out because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're listening to audio, which is great, well done. You're reading books, which is great, well done. But I genuinely think it's a state of procrastination because you're sitting there feeding yourself with fantastic knowledge, which I respect and admire, but it's actually preventing you to act. Go and do the thing. Now, James, I like you massively. Uh You're extremely intelligent. You have a wealth of knowledge, but it's took you so long to launch your first podcast, right? Tell me why. I didn't... I thought I was asking the questions here. How is this turned around? Um... Yeah, maybe it's a self-belief thing. I think I might have a little cry, actually. No, because no, what you're, people you're, you're do... You're right. I procrastinate. Okay. I thought about this in 2014, uh, launching a podcast, and in 2017, um, Louis Davis went, right, launch it in the next 30 days then, or else. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll call you cool. out. I said to you, didn't yeah. I? I'm going to call you out if but you don't I, launch it. But that's interesting, because we're actually sitting here, and I'm sitting here as the host of now the UK's uh, number one show. I'm saying that uh, in advance. Yeah. Um, calling it out to the universe. But but my point being, James, is that people hide behind knowledge and they think knowledge creates success, but it doesn't. It's in the actual application. And people think that, you know, if they procrastinate and they read and they procrastinate and they wait, they procrastinate and they plan with their beautiful little dream books that success is just going to come. But it's not. You know, take the first chapter of the first book and apply it religiously every for day. A year, for a year. And, and, and let's see what results you get. But it's not the application where the results come. It's the tenacity and how you apply yourself in doing what you do and the frequency in which you commit, which will get the results, yeah. the I desired number, results. A, a number one rule with all clients, I say, every marketplace has its procrastinators. You get a few celebrated people that everyone looks up to. But whilst the majority in the bulk of the industry are procrastinating, we're taking action with what we know. And the best thing that me and my brother do um, in regards to working with our, our clients is, you know, you create one quick win 
and they will never procrastinate again. Because I understand within that tenacious application, when we get that quick win, baby, it's game on. So is that why you always lead with the focus? Um, with the with the focus. Well done, I'm not focusing on the question. Hello. Is that why you always lead with the fitness? Because you can actually get a really tangible, quick result so really easily. Remember with fitness, if you want to get fit, get onto that machine. You can't think about it without stepping onto the machine and then doing the action. Yeah, yeah. If you want to look a certain way, we give you the exercises that's needed. It's completely transferable. Yeah. You know, they get to a stage where they feel like they're stretched and they can't do no more. We then say you are just starting. The session's still got however long. You've got so much more more in the tank now after a period of four to six weeks you say to them you have a conscious conversation you say look we need to apply this mindset that we've got in the gym into everyday business you're no longer an employee you're a boss i think we need to understand as well that fitness releases endorphins you know endorphins enables you to get into a resourceful state and what i love to do and i love to see is you know make people apply themselves whilst they're in that resourceful state because that's when the result comes so when they transfer that mindset from the gym into business you know when you can't do four reps and we're making you do six you can't you're telling me you can't send 20 emails we're making you send 40 and close deals with the passion and tenacity that you display when you're doing yeah. your cardio your weights you're going to win big. And the best thing about that is, is if you're in a, in a marketplace where there's people around you in an office, when people pick up on your new energy, that you're coming to work five minutes early to make the calls and execute, all of a sudden you become a person yeah, of influence. You can't, you can't be fit, focused, up early, eating right and be lazy at work. Yeah. You just can't. You yeah, can yeah. try to be lazy at work. You're just going to become by default an action taker. Yeah. And we've, we've used cardio, fitness, the gym as a bridge for for the corporates, for the investors, to not only get healthy, but to lead by example. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because I watch a lot of the clients that you take on and they've obviously, well, there's one guy who, who we all know, lovely fella, never been in a gym a day in his life and now he's filming himself in the gym almost to keep himself held accountable and and he was doing stuff that he's just never, he'd never heard of and he can never conceive that he'd be able to do and it's really interesting to then watch uh, it was almost like the status post started changing. Mm. You could start seeing it. Actually, okay, I could do it in the gym, so I can do it in in the business environment. And I get and I get why the the fitness thing to start with helps people like really kick off. So if there was a say a client who would come to you, who uh, gives it all the talk, says all the right things, but says, "Look, I'm just not interested in the gym. I'm just I, I get the concept, but I'm not interested." Would you actually like to just go? I ain't working with you. No, the number one phrase is first of all, you have to show your sermon. If you don't have personal integrity, you're not going to have integrity in business. Me and Reese would never do business with a fat person because I would call that person out and say, ultimately. What do you do for yourself on a day-to-day -day basis? What's your personal value? What do you think about yourself when you close the curtains? If you don't want to do fitness, we ain't the coaches for you because our number one rule is you get up, you change the frequency of your vibration every single morning by getting some cardio done. I promise you after a period of four weeks, you are going to feel completely different about your situation, about your life and about what you have to offer yourself. And the thing is, you know, me and Louis talk about change only to progress and you are the vehicle to your own success. Yeah. To, so to sit still in your current situation and predicament and to want change in your life and your business, but you're still picking up your Watsits, you're still picking up your, your ice cream and your Krispy Kremes, you're being ludicrous and thinking anything's going to change. You know, we work from the inside out to achieve personal greatness. Yeah. And the first stage of that is realisation. The second stage is the gym. The third stage is execution and business. 
So when you first get people onto a treadmill who've never been onto one or into a gym or whatever, and they maybe don't like, they're going to do what you tell them to do, but they don't believe it. So is it that four to six week period where they actually get to the point and they're like, oh, I get it now. I don't make anyone do anything. They have to do it themselves. And it starts off with a 30 minute power walk outside in the open air experiencing life. You're not allowed any audio because I want you to listen to your internal dialogue. Positive and negative internal dialogue. Tell me what you're feeling. If it's negative, ah. thank you, sir. If it's negative, how can we collapse those negative thoughts, those negative limiting beliefs of that internal dialogue? If they're positive, how can we anchor them to something so you continue to move forward? However, I don't care about your emotional state when you wake up. What I care about is your emotional state after you have done the cardio. You will then be positive, the released endorphins. You will then be in a resourceful state to attack your day. Now, this is proven with over 60 clients in business that are now winning, that didn't want to do cardio. They're now getting up at 5, 530, 6, 6.30 and absolutely dominating and orchestrating their day to get tremendous results. But you make them go out in the morning without anything, so no distractions. They've got to go out with themselves almost. This is, this is what we say. If you wake up in the morning wow. and the first thing that you do is go down, put the kettle on, then sit down, watch the TV, you're wasting probably 30 to 40 minutes of your day. Your frequency is going to be predicated by the things that you're allowing yourself to watch. Yeah. So way before you do that, I say you need to give yourself some attention. Even before your partner makes the kids breakfast, even before you read your emails, what can we do for you to take you to that place where you realise what it is you need to be that day? You know, as adults, we spend our whole life telling our kids to be the best version of themselves, to brush their teeth, to clean properly, to make their bed. Yeah. And as adults, you get you you lose grip of your own reality and all of a sudden, you know, that belly starts to grow. Ladies, you start to get cellulite and you start hating yourself and lacking self-worth. You start buying things and attaching your happiness to things get, that can be removed Gucci, and you're in a rut. Baton. All of, all of those things. Prada. You know, and all of a sudden, when you become in tune with yourself, what you're worth what you believe and your ability to create any type of change necessary for you, man, you hit the floor running and you start running people over who get in your way. Factual. It's amazing, actually. I, I forgot my phone when I went out for a walk the other day. So I, I, I am a follower of the Davis Brothers training camp of, of greatness. Um, I might have slipped off recently and I've got a bit of a fat dad bod. I was going to say that. <laughs> Thanks for that. I only realised uh, today when we were looking at some photos, like you two look fantastic and I look like a fat eagle. You're not on, on, about, the the, you're not on about the double chin, are you? Um, double chin? Easy. Oh, come on Easy. now. But it's actually really interesting. So, yeah, so I went out for a cardio walk and I'd forgotten my phone and actually half an hour with your own thoughts can feel like a long time. It, it really can feel can. like an awful long time. And for a lot of people, that could be the breakthrough that they need to yeah. realise that yeah. they have to start getting control of themselves. Yeah. I say to everyone, and so does Reese, we're not businessmen, we're businessmen. We run ourselves like a business from the second we wake up until we go to sleep. Yeah, it's interesting. Just people aren't doing it, are they? As uh, episode 001 is all about what holds you back, when we talk about success of most people... Do we sabotage it ourselves or do other people sabotage it for us? Well, I want to jump in and speak on behalf of the listeners for a second. A lot of people say to me, I don't really sabotage my own thoughts, but my mum or my partner or my, my cousin, they've said this about me. A lot of people initially have a thought that can pull it to the back of their mind. They then openly talk to other people about what it is they want. Then they get critique about it. 
So self-sabotage isn't something that the majority of people experience, but when they talk to people about what they want, they start chatting more shit to themselves. Yeah, I think external factors that I like to call on play a huge role in how people can move forward. You know, you're listening to your mum, your father, your partner, you're listening to people in the pub talking about your success and it can almost derail you from wanting mm. to move forward because you're actually really worried about how people perceive you and their opinions of you. We yeah. sat down with someone the other day, um, a celebrated individual who we respect and they said that we work too hard. And I was like, I work too hard. I says, you know, me and my brother are only just starting to get our message out. And it was funny because I actually went home that evening and I kind of took on 10% of what they were saying to be truthful. Yeah. When in reality, me and Reese are the biggest action-taking coaches in Britain. What I love about it is moving forward in your own personal life. There's no right or wrong. You know, other people can't predicate your future. Yeah. You, you have to do that yourself. And, you know, one of the key rules in life and success and moving forward and not staying still is, you know, taking absolute responsibility and ownership of what you do and why you're doing it. I guess ultimately then everything is either self-sabotage or self-created successes because it doesn't matter what anyone says to you. It's the story you it's, make up about what they've said, if that makes sense. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Write this down. If you pass the blame, you pass the power. Oh, that's that's got to go on a t-shirt, isn't it? it it's got, it's on your t-shirt. That's what I read. <laughs> I'm only joking. It's not. That's Louis Davis. Say that again. So if, if it's, you it's almost such a good little quote, people might have missed it. But listen if to you the pass, power of this. If you pass the blame, you pass the power. Jesus Christ. <sighs> so strong. Are we sure we're not charging a couple of grand for this? No, mate, no. Six. Six. This is just for the audience, mate. This is nice. Why do, and this, again, we're going to sort of go on to this in, in future episodes about sort of just getting up and doing stuff, but why do people get so fixated on needing all of the information before they take action? These two are like putting their hands up to speak and they're both like ch chomping at the bit for this one. So people want all the info before they do anything, which in effect holds them back. Why is that? Fearful. They're scared. Really? Okay. Um, at 110%, you're scared. If you're looking to get lots of information about how to do something whilst you're sitting down procrastinating, ladies and gentlemen, other people are moving forward. Mm -hmm. And you're fearful of the results that you may not get. See, the thing is about having a thought or an idea is we actually attach an emotion to that. And then we start to think. And whilst you go into that phase of thinking, you know, we're going to times that by 10, you're going to have positive emotions, you're going to have negative emotions, you're going to start making excuses. Then what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is you're going to start questioning yourself. Now, 90% of the questions and excuses are going to be negative. And what happens to that is we attach a huge emotion to what we're thinking about the initial thought or idea that we had. So we're now thinking about thinking? Yes, yeah. sir. Oh so when we actually take action, 90% of it means you're taking action from a negative standpoint, operating with only 20% of your full potential. And then you're wondering about the lack of results that you're getting. How yeah. does that even yeah. work? And with knowledge as well, people seek comfort from knowledge. You know, the more you know, the more you got to perform. So people actually position themselves in a really awkward place. Right. You know, you take on more knowledge, you're, you're expected to deliver a greater service. People have a higher expectation of you. And the fact that people go to university, they get two to three degrees and they're still flipping burgers. It's because they never applied their first lot of knowledge. I say recess to everyone that's listening. You already know what you know. You can already double your income with what you know if you do what you do a lot better. Knowledge isn't power unless it's applied. So what about people who are sitting at home going, yeah, I know I could double my 
my my worth with applying what I know, but I actually I'm doing something that I don't want to do. Change. And that's what's holding me back. Change. Oh my god, freedom. If you don't, if you're doing something that you don't want, it's because you have a low point of self value. I remember my mum saying to me, my brother, you've retired from professional boxing. What are you going to do for work? We said, never work for anyone else. That's what we're going to do for a job. <laughs> you said I've never had a job in my life other than the military. Never had a job in my life. Really? because Yeah, and the reason being is I'm not disrespecting or speaking down to anyone that has a job because I, I massively respect that's what they have to do. But, you know, when you look in the mirror and you have huge amounts of self-worth and self-belief and your ability... Um, to contribute towards the universe and other people, you know, I have no reason to work for anybody because I have a message to give out. And that's a huge driving, motivating factor as to why me and my brother jump out of bed every single morning or 95% of the time. Because, you know, when you have purpose, passion, and a huge reason as to why to get the fuck out of bed to achieve your goals, you're going to do it every single day. So everything that you've built ultimately then must start with self belief. A thought. I thought and Louis, tell them about the laptop that we've got. What laptop? Exactly, we haven't got one. Okay. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus, are these two been out shopping and bought a laptop? Yeah, no, I can't no, wait to see one. what they've bought. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be really honest with you. No laptop. Um, the business model is me and my brother and our beliefs. And when people ask what we've done, we say, you know, we've monetized our mouth and we've monetized our core values and we've aligned people within that to help them develop their lives. So the thing is this, you can hide behind knowledge, you can hide behind your business infrastructure, but the fact is in order for you to go to the next level, you need to know what you're worth, you need to increase your self-belief, you need to stop the procrastination phase and I want you to just believe in yourself and take all out Massive action, life you like, like your life depends on it. And remember as well, with the knowledge that you got, um, knowledge isn't valuable in any way, shape or form. Google knows more than every single one of us. It's all about delivery. The fact that you are an individual, the fact that you've had your own experiences, the fact that you've got your own personality traits, if you can start applying what it is you know today, what you currently know, in your own unique way, I promise you will outwear, outthink and outperform the person who's got that extra degree Etc. This is a great example because I got my GCSEs and I never got education after, nor did my twin brother Llewellyn. However, we're now uploading this podcast, inspiring the more educational people to take action to that next level. So what we've effectively done is tap into what we're great at, we've practised it, we've learned it against the opinions of others and now placed ourselves in a position to influence you great people. So, ladies and gentlemen, understand one thing about this podcast before moving forward. You know, apply yourself and become great at what you're great at and disregard anyone else's opinions of you and know what you're worth. Be great at what you're great at. What a, what a brilliant concept. And it's so sim simple, isn't it? I think sometimes as human beings, we try and overcomplicate stuff. We try and make it more... Uh, complex and it has to be but ultimately uh, and again if we're going back to the point where actually the end goal is happiness just be great at what you're great at bullshit, be ba great. <laughs> bullshit baffles brains yeah, yeah let, let's be great at what we're great at and if we don't like something know you have the ability to change it yeah absolutely yeah. How, how would someone increase their self-belief increase their self-belief first of all I would say try and underline what it is that's created the lack of belief Understanding, uh, okay. reverse engineering. Again. Reverse engineering. Yeah, Self-awareness yeah. is key. If you can't pinpoint the thing that's causing you to lack belief, Reese stop body popping. Sorry, Reese is next to me body popping. He Sorry. was body popping. It was pretty good though, to be fair. <clears throat> 
Oh, God. <laughs> Carry on, Louis. Reslax, reslax belief. <laughs> well, I've got copious amounts of rhythm. Yeah, so it's literally about... <laughs> it's literally about underlining what it is that's caused you to to lack belief in the first place. And if we can change your perception on that, you know, you can put it to bed and move forward. Have you two ever lacked belief? No. Can I be really honest? Please do. Okay, then. So, colourful background. You know, prese- presented with an awful lot of reasons as to why we should lack belief. Okay. And based on where you can go from these predicaments and situations will determine how much you believe in yourself. So I view things in two ways, the positive and the negative. And I know what I'm worth. So if I lean and slant my perception to the negative, it means I'm going to lack belief. But that then means I'm not going to achieve any type of results that I want to achieve. So therefore, I have this ability to detach myself emotionally from any negative thought that I may possess and just fully believe in myself to move forward. Because the the mics that we're talking in today, James, and the seats that we're sitting on were designed by someone that had belief. We're reminded constantly every day by people that are winning in their goals and crafts. So if we're reminded every day by greatness, why can't we become great ourselves? Because there are stories, thousands of stories where people have come from nothing to achieve not just financial greatness, but invaluable greatness and their ability to influence different marketplaces in people's lives. So based on history, I refuse to lack belief because other people remind me that if you believe in yourself, anything is possible. How do you how do you start to block that negativity? Because I think there's a lot of people who they go on the thirty minute cardio walk and they might straight away they might think, oh well, I should have got up a bit earlier. I could walk a bit faster. Oh, I don't look great today. How do you? What's the first step to stopping that negative self talk? But the first stop's really, really, really easy. Be very mindful of the people that you're surrounded by. Mm, okay. Like really, really, really mindful. We call this phrase chopping off dead wood. Yeah. Myself and Reese and you as of now. I'm no longer going to allow yourself to be around the toxic, venomous vampires that want to drain you of the goodwill that you've got. Yeah. You know, it's so important that you begin to chop off dead wood and be around the lions, the people that want to make you win. They haven't got to be successful. They've just got to be good-natured and good-willed. Yeah. Can I jump in now? Go for it. And Louis would agree with me with this. Practice. Practice. It takes absolute... 110% practice to... So it's something that you learn. You don't just wake up one day and go, oh, actually, I'm brilliant. I've got no more negative self-talk. Oh, let me tell you something. We're all human. We all have the same problems and thoughts. Yeah. But it takes practice. And with anything, with practice, you become conditioned to it. Yeah. So the awareness that it's going to be tough makes it a lot easier. So does do negative thoughts then come into your head every day, but you just... You're now very good at batting them yeah. away. You put them into perspective. You don't even bat them away. You accept the reason why you've got them and you just flip it. You're constantly flipping the way you could choose to look at something. Yeah, yeah. It's I've an incredible a... level of self-awareness though, isn't it? Yeah. Which I, I now understand why it would take so much practice because that's, again, thinking about thinking, isn't it? I have a story. My brother was competing. He was extremely depleted. I believe I was competing as well. Where? What um, show was that? I, I don't remember what show, but I remember we were both in the gym extremely extremely tired you know we've been dieting for 16 weeks now percentage of body fat around eight seven percent and i remember looking in my brother's eyes and he had an apple in your gym bag oh hilarious and i said are you exhausted he said no of course i'm not look at me i'm good to go right yeah. then he almost passed out <laughs> and he, <laughs> had had to, apple. he had to eat an apple in the gym because the blood sugars dropped but his initial response was no of yeah. course i'm not his first initial response was no 
I refused to be tired. I refused to be beaten. But yeah. then biologically, he needed the sugar. Yeah. But isn't it mad how his mind was willing to try and beat his body? Even one better than that, I took four sleeping tablets after I was two weeks out from my bodybuilding show. I remember this. Yes. <laughs> I, I, got, yeah, I got into bed. And I said to myself, I said to my fiance, good night, babe. I'm going to speak to you in the morning. I'm exhausted. I've took four sleeping tablets, herbal ones. Reese did a live video and basically said, who thinks Louis should show that he's grinding and get up at 11.40 or something ridiculous yeah, and do yeah, cardio. Yeah. So I've gone out. I've done a 40-minute walk and then straight to the gym and did like 30, 40 minutes on the Stairmaster. I categorically didn't want to do none of it. <laughs> but that positive self-talk, my refusal... To admit the fact I was tired yeah. was the reason that I, I did exceptionally well and actually placed second in Britain. So your body will give out way before your mind will? Of course, your mind controls your body. We send neurological signals to the muscles to control what we do. So if I think to myself, I don't want to get out of bed, I'm actually not going to move. So yeah. realising the fact I don't want to, but telling myself I'm going to, the next second I was up and out. But again, I think the really important message we need to be reiterating in this is the fact that, you know, this is me and my brother having worked 20 years at a certain level to achieve this mindset. Yeah. So what I don't want people to do is be, number one, disheartened if that got an immediate result. Yeah, yeah. You know, ladies and gentlemen, what I think is really important in moving forward is, you know, the acceptance that's going to be extremely tough. And then after that, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you need to, <laughs> you, you need to work every day. You know, you need to make a commitment as to what you want to achieve. Put time frames on it and don't get disheartened if you fall short of your goals, because it's a journey. It's a process that you must grow through. So you've been working at this for 20 years. Yes. 20 years, James. And what I'll say is rather we've been working through it because we've gone from failure to failure to failure to failure to failure. It wasn't a mindset that we tried to employ just because we thought it was a trend. Yeah. We, some of the viewers are going to be fall into that category. Yeah, I'm going to get positive for the yeah. sake of being positive. It's fashionable right now, it's isn't fashionable. it? The mindset is fashionable. It's and cool. I want to say it's the most painful experience that you'll have. Because mm. you're going to think more about what you can't do when you're trying to grow than if you're just happy waking up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. does make a lot of sense. How can someone make themselves take action then? So if it's self-belief that's holding them back, what's like step number one? What's the first action step they can do? Firstly, James, you can't make yourself. You have to want to do it. Yeah, it, it, it's that simple. You know, I've been in, in the bed for six months when I left the military where... I tried to make myself get out of bed. You know, I was unhappy. I was institutionalised from the military. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. You know, six months lying in bed, no money in my bank. But I had to wait until I wanted to make a change. See, the thing is, we can claim to want to change. Yeah, of course. But unless we get up with the correct desire, you can't make yourself do anything. You have to want to. You'll go, you'll work in spurts. I say to my clients, once they start doing what it is, I've asked them to do, how does that genuinely make you feel? If you can anchor an action to an emotion, they can subconsciously then realise that it's in their best interest to continue to do it. Yeah. So I say, don't make yourself do it or initially make yourself do it, but then realise what that action meant to you yeah. emotionally. Yeah, makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I want to touch on what you said, Reese, because you said that you had to want to get out of the bed. Yeah. And you said that you sat in the bed for... Or, six or, months. Six literally months. six months. But I want to give everyone a bit of context. This is a guy who left the military as the uh, Cross Forces Boxing Champions. What you the hell does Cross Forces mean? Combined <laughs> Service <laughs> That's what I was talking champion. about, yeah. Cross also, AKA, it's, that's also known as the Cross Forces fight-up. <laughs> 
That's what they call it <laughs> on, the, down, on the street. That's what I call it down the barracks. Yeah, I know, I know the lingo. Don't test me. My my yeah. granddad was in the army. So you you were someone who was at the absolute you know peak of your physical performance. Yeah. You were being almost like uh, heralded as this sort of like superstar out of the military. So you're not someone who's sort of like that uh, stereotypically you think of as as walking out of it and being depressed because you were. You were doing stuff. Yeah. You, were, you were at the top of your game. I was happy. I was focused. I was driven. I left the military with a little bit of money in my bank. But it's that whole, you know, without structure, yeah. without having to do things and be told to do things, what do you do? Yeah. And that affected me negatively. And I found myself with a little bit of money in my bank, which was fine, give me comfort. But every single day when I'm spending it's going down, I'm losing passion now. I'm lacking passion. Mm. And because I'm not being told what to do, I think I lost my identity and I lack self-belief and self-worth. And really? This, yeah. Wow. And this was a cycle that I had to grow through yeah, yeah. in order to want to get up and do something. And literally one day after six months um, being in bed with a bad back because I was lying down so much, I made the decision, you know, I'm either going to stay here forever and live like that, literally, or I'm going to get up and go after what I want. And, and was it like a split second decision? Was it like a, like second, a momentary like decide? I made a decision. I went in the yellow pages because the yellow pages was out there and I seeked help um, in forms of a, a psychotherapist or psychologist. Oh, okay, right. and, and I wanted help. Yeah. And I said to the guy, I'll, I'll name him. His name's Tony Summers. I sat down and says, I want to be able to be in a position where I can help people create physical and emotional change. And I cried. And that's all I knew I said. And now I'm here living my dream and my passion. And it started because I had to want to change. Yeah. Not and make myself want to. And what had got you to such a low point? Was it the fact that you almost, because, you know, within the military, you're told to get up at a certain time, you're told to do this, you know, run around this field for this amount of time. Well, that's my perception of it anyway. Yeah. And then you come out of it and there's no one there telling you what yeah. to do. The military gives you opportunities to win. So right, when I was okay. boxing, I was beating people up. I was winning championship titles. That was great. I was feeling great at being successful. So when you come out without having a structure, you don't know how to be successful yeah. because I'm now a civilian. Yeah. So after six months of being low, I understood now the only type of success I'm going to get is if I create it. Yeah. Now that was my that was my pinnacle. That was my my changing light bulb moment where I thought it's very very simple. I'm looking on TV as inspiration. I'm reading magazines and newspapers away from the negativity as inspiration. If they can create the change that they needed in their life, yeah. I know I can because I'm a former soldier. I'm a former championship boxer. So it's time to get to work. Yeah. Louis, what were you doing at this point when you could see him like sat in the bed for six months? Because people well, might be listening at home going, well, how come your brother didn't like drag you out of the house and take you down the gym? No, what no, what no. were you thinking about um, this? I just became captain of the country um, with the Welsh boxing team. Oh, uh, okay. So, you know, Reese came out, went through his own transitional phase. At that point, you know, you need to understand sometimes men, women, adults need to go through what it is they've got to go yeah, through. Yeah, of course they have, yeah. You know, it ain't always about picking people up and nurturing them for everything that they go through. Sometimes the harsh reality, either of depression, anxiety, anger, whatever it is, people need to feel. Yeah. You know, and at that point, that was a transition that Reese needed to go through. He'd been in the army. He chose to come out of the army. So there's no point in mollycoddling him to that next phase of his life. Let him experience this six months of whatever it is. Yeah. And it will be the maketh of the man. Yeah, yeah. So, Reese, you picked up the yellow pages. You sought out help um, and, and a guy advised you on, on, on how to try and sort of uh, 
to, to save yourself, I guess, ultimately. What was the first thing you did after that? Very, very simple. Um, no, yeah, I boxed for my country. Um, I won the Welsh ABAs. But what was doing the Welsh ABAs, I started to upload content to social media. And there was a guy from the gym that worked for a company that he thought would have given me a business grant to launch my own business. So what I thought was fantastic is he took us to the offices and we got um, a business grant to launch up our first fitness company, which was called Triple V Fitness Condition. That stood ah, for Veni Vidi Vici. I came, I saw, I conquered. conquered. Yeah. You two still got it. Yeah, man. You know, I, I launched that business. And what I thought was really cool about that is that, you know, we were very successful in fighting, teaching people to fight, self-defense, you know, stress release. And we grew that business very, very quickly and we were in demand to the point where we we're going to franchise it. However, we couldn't do that because people were sold on our energy and enthusiasm. Right. But we found something, James. We found something. Can I tell you what we found? Please do. Okay, I'm going to tell you what we found. You might want to put your pen to paper. Right. We understood We understood that it weren't necessarily about how good you look. It's everything about how good you feel. So when we were coaching people to look a certain way to get fit, that's great. But a lot of it's ego-driven. So yeah. what me and my brother developed and found our niche in was making people feel good. Happiness again. Happiness. Yeah, happiness. Happiness by their, from their want. From their standards. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. their standards. And needs. So we were no longer focusing on you doing six reps. We were focusing on what transitions you have to go through to do the eight reps. And this is how me and my brother found our niche. The thought process, the willpower, the desire to do more, the ability to think you can actually do it, not just giving you a number and allowing you to take the action. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking you through and growing you through the transition. And we, we found off the back of that, you know, if someone's, if someone's struggling on four reps, the only thing that's going to take them four to ten is motivation and drive. So it's not about going through life, it's about growing through life. And me and my brother are like, wow, can you imagine if people are doing this in the gym? Can you imagine if they transfer that to their workplaces or business yeah. or their relationships? From, from 3,000 to 6,000, from 6,000 to 10,000, all based on what they do outside of the office. It's ingenious. Where, where did you learn it, though? Literally, the beautiful thing about what we're talking today is it's self-learned. We've got two qualifications each. You know, we're practitioners of NLP and we're professional certified coaches. That's it. Our learning is from experience and interaction. So so you literally learnt this from this learning people psychology when you were doing the gym thing yourself and watching other people growing yeah. as you were training them. Because you, you you profile people, you see people not getting places, then you ask the question to yourself, how come that person's in the gym every day and they're not getting what it is they want? You watch them train, you watch what they don't do and you understand their mindset. Yeah. You know, and you can learn from people. You know, you, I, I'm a huge advocate of paper knowledge. Pardon me. Don't bang on the table. It's a mic. <laughs> just boom, boom. You've just been patting your belly. Yeah, but you can't hear it. <laughs> Why can't you hear it? Because it's soft. <laughs> wait there a minute. Wait there. <laughs> yeah, sound of a six pack. Do you want to hear mine? <laughs> but, look, look, back to the point there. Back to the point. So, you know, we learnt this from being practitioners of the trade, interacting yeah. with people, realising and evaluating why people aren't getting what it is they say that they want. So you learnt it as you were doing it? Uh, we called it being an apprentice. Okay. Yeah? We, do, we, okay. Told, we told you 10 minutes ago, brother, application is king. Knowledge isn't power. Yeah, application yeah. is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's I powerful. think there's a lot of people, especially at the moment, you've got the likes of um, the Gary Vee stuff that's going on, and okay. everyone, everyone's sort of seeing the end result. And I think it's very similar to with you guys. Everyone probably looks at you two and goes, I'd like to look like that. 
I'd like to have that watch. I'd like to have that new Merc. I'd like to live in that fancy barn. By the way, it's a fancy barn. Power but, barn. <laughs> the power barn. But what they don't see is getting up at five o'clock. Th- th- that's real. You, you guys don't just like automate from Hootsuite a Facebook post going, oh, 5am club, who's up and getting it? Because I've, I've been on the receiving end of it when I haven't like got up at five and Louis called me up when, when I used to be trained by Louis. I'm not now, which is why I've... That's the issue. But, um, <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but, but you are literally doing it live. You know, you, you are living proof of it, getting up and doing doing the action. So people get fixated on the end result, but you're like, actually, take the steps. Yes. The steps is the important bit. Thank you get it, because we speak personally every single day and we have them for a year. We coach people on their in-between stuff. Oh, okay. The in-between stuff is where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the process. The outcome is literally a figment of your imagination. The transition is your reality. That is, that is some uh, Jedi stuff right there. But I get it. I get. I get what you're what you're saying. You it, know, and we 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 don't micromanage people. But if I get a client come to me and they say this is what I want, the first thing we do is we break down their daily activity. Yeah. You know, and if they're not doing or going through the steps as you worded it that they need to, the outcome's never going to happen. And we've got to be real with people saying we've got to reverse engineer what it is you're doing from day to day or hour to hour or minute to minute with actions and thoughts and give you what it is you need to do to get what you say you want. Yeah, because people get so busy just doing stuff, don't they? But you guys are very big about banging on about IPA, income producing activity. Are you doing the stuff that you should be doing? Because it's very easy. And I've, I've been a busy fool before. You know, oh, I'll do my admin. I'll do my social media stuff. I'll do the, the business page content and blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. But actually, is that the thing that's driving you forward? And not just income producing activity in terms of finances. Are you doing the stuff that actually matters to your life? And do you know what? Um, the majority of people, 95% of people are going to realise after listening to this podcast... You've got to get brilliant at doing the shit you hate. Because ultimately, that's, that is the yeah, stuff yeah, that's yeah. going to move you forward. It's yeah. the same for me and Reese. You know, we're now good at doing the stuff we don't like. Yeah. We're now bringing people on to help us do the stuff we don't like because that's where the growth happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. How do you get your clients to uh, take action consistently? Because it's, it's all well and good. Like, I could, I've, I've got a mate and I was trying to give him a bit of help and he was starting a business. I tried to give him some advice. Like, oh, you could do this, you could do that. But within a couple of days, it sort of fizzled out. How do you guys get people to do stuff every single day? It's very, very simple. You know, it needs to become a learnt behaviour. We need to right, make okay. it habitual because whilst you don't want to get up and do cardio every day, you're very, very happy eating those Krispy Kremes every day. You're very, very happy eating those crisps every day. You're very, very happy drinking that cup of coffee every day. None of that bears any relevance to your happiness or your progression. Yeah. Making them realise that and making them aware should and will deter them from carrying on doing it. And as we said previously, James, everything is transferable. So when we can replace something negative with something positive that they'll create an immediate win with, it then becomes a learnt behaviour because they appreciate the benefits from doing that. That makes sense. Which again goes back to ultimately, it's, it's a feeling, isn't it? I guess. Again, James, what I want you to understand is okay, when people don't access positivity and happiness on a regular basis, they think it's elusive. Yeah. Right? But it's very easy to create these small wins, which then perpetuates to increasing self belief and self worth. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we've got these people that don't want to do their cardio. They do it against their own emotional will for the first three to five days. It then becomes a learned behavior because you can't deny the resourceful state you're in because of the endorphins we've just released because you're doing something against your own emotional will. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> 
There's no Mr. Fat Ears there. Um, so what is the first step? Because we've got a, we've got actually we've we've the the hours flown by. We've got of to course, work yeah. towards wrapping up. What's the first step that people can wrapping take? Wrapping up. Um, okay. <laughs> He's upset about it. He don't he don't <laughs> want to wrap it up. What's the uh, the first step that people can take to stop holding themselves back? So whether it be business, fitness, life, what's what's the one thing off the back of this episode? What are they doing? What they're doing, right? First of all, you need to write down three things that you genuinely want. Three things that you say that you want every single day, whether it's happiness, whether it's finances, whether it's whatever it may be. Then you need to sit down and devise the three key activities that are going to take you a step closer to that and do that every single day for a month. So I say to every single person that's watching this or listening to this or watching on this, write down three things that you say that you want. Devise a plan with three key goals that you must take action on every single day. Do it until it becomes a complete behaviour. Here we go. Can I put my pen as worth in there? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So what I will get people to do, and I'll do things a little bit differently, is that, you know, write down five things you don't want to be in or you don't want to become. Write down your worst nightmare and have a clear understanding of the fact you don't continue to change or you stay still, you are going to be that person. Wow, this is almost the reverse of what Thank the personal development much. industry is telling us to do. You know, oh, yes, you know, look at the positives and, you know, the universe will bring you all this nice stuff, blah, blah, blah. What you're saying is actually Because remember that, as well, people go away from pain. More so, than they go towards yeah, pleasure. Yeah, because a lot yeah, of people yeah. at the moment are actually believing that if I focus on a goal, I'm going to drive towards it. When in reality, that's never the case. People have to touch pain to go to that next level. Yeah, yeah. You know, it takes a lot of people, I say to everyone, and Reese is the same, don't wait until you get to that horrible place of depression or you feel that shit about yourself that you're forced to make the call. Yeah, Louis, but, and the one thing that I, I think me and my brother do is, you know, we make them aware that that is actually their reality if they stay still. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can't wait to get to that place where you're bankrupt, you have no money, to then go and apply for 100 jobs. Do some, do some people actually... Subconsciously think that they want to do that. They want to reach that breaking point. They, they you know, they hear these sort of great uh, entrepreneurial stories like, "Well, I've never been bankrupt. I've never, I've never had uh, someone close to me die." And you know, when I get to that point, then I'll make a change. It's, do people actually want to do that? Prevention before cure, brother. Oh yeah. Prevention before <laughs> cure. You know, I have this huge awareness, and I like to speak about the truth in regards to you know, if you're overweight and you continue to eat at the rate that you're eating at, there's a huge chance you're gonna have a heart attack. You know, if you continue to cross the road and not look, there's a huge chance you're gonna get run over. If you continue <laughs> to stay still and not wanna better yourself, you're gonna to continue to stay put. But not only that, because time is moving forward continuously, you're actually regressing. And if that yeah. doesn't scare you and you're claiming to want change, you are a Billy Bullshitter. Yeah. Does anything hold you back right now, you two? Um, hold me and Reese back? Yeah. Um, I would say, in all honesty, the only thing that's been holding me and my brother back is our inability to take on technology. I'm a technophobe. He says, as you can hear in the background, him doing a Facebook Live at the same time. <laughs> um, technology isn't something that I've come to grips with. But I think that has made you work harder because you haven't, uh, not in a disrespectful way, because you haven't, being able to technologically work smarter, you've just worked harder. And I completely you know what? agree. I completely agree, and I'll flip that as well. You can't work smarter until you've worked super hard. There's so many people... <sighs> Ooh, so let okay. me go in on that. There's Systems. So many, so many people systemising yeah. stuff that has no value. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've built a system for a business, but who the hell are you? We spent the last five years in the trenches creating a value and a need for what it is that we offer. Only now do I feel the need to get a little bit, a little bit more technical yeah. with my approach towards motivation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Okay. Um, what's the number one fear that holds people back? The failure. number one fear? Failure. Fear of failure. And but the... you said earlier, so you went from failure to failure to failure, which is how you're now getting the successes. Why don't people see that the failure gets you to where you Because, listen, um, want to it's, go? it's so simple. When you fail, you're one step closer to winning because you learn what not to do. Right. You're never going to walk into an industry or an opportunity and just get it. But Are, people think they are, don't they, at the mo- especially at the moment? Yeah, this is the thing. Me and my brother need to use this podcast to wake a lot of people up. Yeah. I remember the first ever audition I went to, cast for Kick-Ass 2 with Jim Carrey. You can speak French and Kick-Ass 2. He does a lot of French banter. <laughs> but is that French, though? <laughs> 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 I got given... Um, my, my script and whatnot, and I walked into studios in London. They say, right, and action. I didn't know my name, didn't know who I was. I couldn't talk. And I said, wow. They said, what, your character or you? Me. I, really? Me. I fluffed Just absolutely froze. everything. Right. They gave me four attempts. I couldn't even speak four times. I came out and reset. said, how did it go? And I said, it was an experience. <laughs> I failed the next three auditions. Yeah. Still went back hungry. What I learned in those failures was much greater than if I would have got that first role. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Reese D, anything? Yeah, yeah, really, really interesting is that, you know, the more failures you have and experience, in my personal opinion and perception is that the more you qualify to go to the next level. Because yeah. realistically... We don't really learn anything by our wins because our wins stroke our ego. Yeah, of course. We, we don't decipher the subject or the, the, the routine and the work put in to create a win. However, what we do is decipher how we lose because we draw our attention on what it was we did and we tarnish it negatively. Yeah. However, I understand that tarnishing it negatively, number one, doesn't contribute towards your happiness. Number two, doesn't contribute towards your productivity. And number three isn't going to contribute towards your future. So therefore, based on self-worth, self-belief, your vision, and how far you want to grow, it's in our own best interest to not only decipher failure positively, but more importantly, to learn to apply ourselves immediately after. And that goes back to the point we were saying earlier about people will go more towards pain. These two idiots are dancing, <laughs> by the way. That's why I can't keep a straight face. But again, that touched on the point of where people will run away from pain quicker than they will run towards pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. You two look absolutely stuck. That was such a cryptic question that I've stumped the pair of Can them. I add one thing? Please do. I really need people to understand one thing. You haven't got to get to a place where you struggle before you win. Don't do what me and Reese have done and not think big enough and act big enough. We want to encourage you after listening to this podcast to really take on the role of your future self way before it materialises. You know, if you genuinely want to convince the world of what it is you're about to do, first of all, you need to be convinced yourself. Don't wait for the bank balance to be high before you take on the role of a rich man. You know, don't take on, don't wait until you've perfected your picture, your speech before you tell people you're going to be great at being a motivational speaker. You know, it's got to happen right now because we're a long time dead. We only get one crack at the whip and we believe in you. I say it every single talk I do on Facebook, you know, we believe in you, but that is not enough. Mm. You have to believe in yourself. Yeah. 
Understand it takes practice. Understand and be aware that it's extremely hard work, but it is absolutely possible for you to go and create that next win. I think that's a lovely place to finish, boys. What do you reckon? Uh, Episode 001, Dan and Dusty, what do you reckon? What I'd like to say, um, considering this is our first podcast, you know, I appreciate and respect absolutely every single listener listening to this podcast and helping me realise my dream and my purpose, you know. We can move forward and be selfish, but, you know, I'm about giving back. So for those that have listened, I respect and admire you massively, but I'd also appreciate it if you go and take action the moment you press play or pause on this podcast. Please give us um, a review. This is a movement. We believe life is a team effort. Growth can't happen alone. We're going to be here every single week giving you our heart and soul, you know. This isn't knowledge. This is experience and failure combined. We want you to win. But this is awesome and this is a beautiful thing to touch on that actually by people going out and taking an action on, on something that's been said on today's podcast, that actually helps us hit our goal. Because our goal is to hit, is to make people make a difference. So if they, if you lot at home do it, then we've done it. If you don't do it, we haven't done it. You, you can't measure your success based on your bank balance. You can only measure it by how many people you can positively influence. And, you know, if we all have that mindset in moving yeah, forward, yeah, yeah. not only do we become people of influence, but obviously we, we win collectively as a team. Hashtag champions of mind, baby. Oh, I love it. Champions of Mind podcast, episode 001, What Holds You Back, Done and Dusted. If you'd like to join the community, please do so. You can find us all over Facebook and social media. Champions of Mind community is like a community page. You can chat with uh, with Louis and Reese there. There's also like a fan page and all that sort of good stuff. Ask questions, share results, give feedback, and most importantly, stay close to the fire. Subscribe to this podcast, review this podcast, share this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, give us a five-star review. Apple and Google Play and all those other fantastic places love reviews more than you can imagine. So if you'd like to help us to help you, please go and give us a five-star review. From myself, James Burt from Reese D from Louis Davis thank you for being here peace (laughs) (laughs) oh brilliant thank you for listening to this episode of the Champions of Mind podcast if you'd like to support the show please subscribe on iTunes Spotify Stitcher SoundCloud or Google Play share this episode with one friend that you think it might help and give the Champions of Mind team a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts.